Hello, welcome to Deserve Speaks. Hey folks, it's G. Allen here once again for another episode of Deserve Speaks. On this episode of Deserve Speaks, we sit down with Dr. Raymond Martins of Starlin Family Practice in Savannah, Georgia. We talk about his journey to opening a practice that specializes in primary care for the LGBTQIA community. And we also talk about ending the HIV epidemic by 2030. Is it possible? We'll see. It's quite the thought-provoking conversation. Sit back and enjoy. I'm just so excited to have Dr. Raymond Martins with us from the Starlin Family Practice. Did I say that correctly? You did. That was correct. Thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited to have you. So how about you take a moment and introduce yourself? Sure. So um, like you said, I'm a physician at Starland Family Practice. I've been there for a year and a half. I came from DC. I practiced there for almost 20 years um, before coming to Savannah. And, you know, um, we have a medical practice that's relatively small, but it focuses on um, really the LGBT community and people living with HIV. So what made you want to go ahead and move down to Savannah, Georgia? <laughs> Good question. So um, it was actually very like haphazard. So um, my husband and I decided to um, have a daughter through surrogacy and we used an agency in DC and they randomly assign you a surrogate somewhere in the US and we just happened to be matched with someone um, in Savannah. And we thought we'd be very grateful to the woman, um, but not necessarily have any, any more of a relationship, but we fell in love with her and we fell in love with Savannah. And so we decided to move here so our daughter Diana can grow up with her two kids. And we live about a mile from each other. We spend all the, all the time together and it's wonderful. Every time I hear you say that, it just makes my heart smile. Um, it really does speak to family and community. And that's really what Deserve 2020 is all about. All about building communities, all about um, building healthy families, whether they are um, created families or the families that you're born into. And so I thank you so much for being so open to share with us today. I'm grateful for your time today. I'm gonna dive right into this interview and ask you these questions. Um, you're a guy who I've noticed has been very um, open when sharing when it comes to information. Um, I think we share that in common. So I'm excited to have this talk. Awesome. Um, diving right in, I'm gonna go to the questions that we've been asking everybody um, during these different interviews. When did you first know that this work was for you? So it, it started Actually, it started during medical school, and I think it was a culmination of really two things. So one is I was just coming to terms with my sexuality mm. um, as a gay man, and so I had a difficult time during med school with that. 
Um, I come from a very, you know, conservative Portuguese Catholic military family. And so it was that. And then at the same time, during my clinical rotations, I, you know, I was taking care of a lot of people with HIV. And at that time, there wasn't combination therapy. A lot of people were dying. Um, and, but the same aspect, I really enjoyed the care of taking care of the person medically, but also HIV was very much of a social disease. And so combining the two. And then so as I came out with my community, who was really affected, you know, which was really affected by HIV, I realized this was a way to both serve my community, be comfortable with who I am and help these people. Um, and so that's how it came to be. Well, I was going to ask you why you're so passionate about this work, but I feel like you just answered it. Um, <laughs> which is why I love talking with you because you're always gonna be so thorough and so clear and so open. Thank you. So my next question for you would be, why do you believe that the conversation surrounding HIV prevention and care is still relevant? Oh, it's of utmost importance. So the, so one is I think with, with any medical issue, um, like having real conversations about it, having people in the medic, medical community aware of it, are the, is, and having you know potential patients aware of it are the only way like healthcare improves. So example is when you know people are aware that diabetes exists and they can change their diet. That's something you can do. The thing I love now about HIV is we have like great medical interventions. So you know with anything, there's not like one answer, but this offers like two additional answers that we didn't have before. And when I'm referring to two of them, one is you know, if someone's HIV positive, we put them on medications, their viral load's undetectable. It's impossible mm -hmm. for them to transmit it to other people. Can so you now say that one more time? Yeah, so if <laughs> you're HIV positive and you're on, on medications and your viral load is undetectable below the level of detection for the, the labs that we do, it is impossible for you to transmit to someone else. So not only do you keep yourself healthy, but you can keep other people in your community healthy. There we go. Amazing. And then also now there's you know HIV pre-exposure prophylaxis. It's been out there for a while now. And it's the idea that you take a pill every day to prevent HIV. Mm -hmm. That is amazingly, amazingly effective um, in preventing that individual from getting HIV. So if you look at it now, you have people who, um, who have HIV that can take medications and they can't transmit it to other people. And then you have people that can take medications to prevent themselves from getting it. If everyone in the community were on both, basically HIV wouldn't exist. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest thing that's lacking now are there's people who don't realize they have HIV. And so they unwillingly, you know, give that to other people. Um, and then at the same time, there aren't, there aren't a lot of people who are aware that pre-exposure prophylaxis exists. And so, you know, they don't, they, they don't know that they can be on and protect themselves. And this is not just patients. This is the medical community as a whole. If you talk to physicians like across Savannah, I bet there's a, probably a majority who aren't aware of pre-exposure prophylaxis. Hmm. <laughs> I had to take pause um, because that's a hot button of mine. Um, PrEP is, we could call it new. And I, I, for those who don't realize what I just did, pre-exposure prophylaxis is the extended um, uh, phrasing and the name for what we often call PrEP. Um, 
we could call it um, a new offering to the community, but it's been an offering that we've had for quite some time now. Yeah. Um, I believe the first one was, uh, the first med was Truvada, I believe. That's right. Um, but it, it still boggles my mind that so many medical professionals are unaware of this option, you know. Um, there's even PEP, you know, for those who believe that they've been exposed within the last 72 hours. Hey, you can, for the most part, you should be able to go to your emergency room and receive, you know, post-exposure prophylaxis, um, a medication that you can take for 28 days um, to protect you from um, being harmed by HIV. So there are so many options, but I'm realizing that even with all this information, so many people are not informed including those who are part of the medical community. So I'm so glad that you mentioned that. Um, which brings me to my next question. It is not one that I sent you, but I do want to ask you this. How do you, what do you think is necessary um, to inspire medical professionals to continue to learn, to continue to open themselves to more information as it pertains to HIV care or care at large? I think the, the easiest way things can be done and which I think would increase knowledge is if you go to places that are at high yield of identifying people who potentially can benefit from being diagnosed with HIV or you know, being put on PrEP, I think that's the best thing to do. An example is any place that gives HIV tests. So if you're offering in the emergency room or you're offering in the Department of Health, there should be options for both people. If, you turn, if you're positive, you should be linked in care immediately, mm -hmm. no delay. And then if you're negative, a lot of times people are just sent away, but anyone who's getting an HIV test should be offered PrEP because they obviously view themselves at higher risk. And I think that's where like, we're missing a whole lot of people that could benefit from it. Absolutely. Thank you, thank you. So um, let's take a beat. Thank you so much for answering those questions for me. When we come back, Dr. Martins is going to um, join us and give his take on what HIV is and if we really believe that we can win this fight. I really hope you all are enjoying today's episode. I'm so grateful to Dr. Raymond Martins for joining us back in 2020. Oh my goodness, it's been so long. It's been two years already. Deserve 2020. Well, Deserve is rolling around again. Deserve 2022. Minding the Heart, part two. You want to be there. That's November 28th through December the 3rd. November 28th through December 3rd, 2022. Register right now, okay? Register right now is absolutely free. We've got a couple of master classes that you can purchase, but the conference itself is absolutely free. Okay, so go ahead and register November 28th through December the 3rd, 2022. IDeserve.net. That's IDeserve.net. I-D-E-S-E-R-V-E dot net. IDeserve.net. Registration opens October 20th. So I know I just, I know I said register right now, but you can register tomorrow on October 20th. Okay. Looking forward to having you guys. Looking forward to you joining us. Now let's get back to this awesome conversation. I'm sitting here chatting with Dr. Raymond Martins of Starling Family Practice. 
I always check to make sure I did. Did I say that right? Because yeah, I don't want to say so. I'm in family medicine. It's family practice. Got it. <laughs> but welcome back. Um, Dr. Martins is going to um, give us a brief talk on what HIV is. We're going to talk about that because we recognize so many people, they hear it, um, but um, they conflate HIV and AIDS, trying to make them one thing. Um, so we want to talk about that. And we also want to talk about whether or not we really believe that we can win, you know, in this fight. Is it possible to end the epidemic, to end the epidemic, you know, by 2030? Is that a realistic goal? So let's chat about that. Welcome back, Dr. Martins, if you would introduce yourself to the people who are just tuning in. Sure. Uh, Dr. Raymond Martins, I'm the physician at uh, Starling Family Practice in Savannah, Georgia. And we focus uh, mainly on the LGBT community and people living with HIV. My, before we get into that, can you tell me your role at um, Starling Family Practice? So we're, um, we're a small practice currently. So it's myself as the physician and Brandon Earhart as the physician assistant. And really Brandon kind of like took the reins and, was, and started this whole idea of having an LGBT focused um, practice in Savannah because one didn't really exist. And then, like I said, just haphazardly when I decided to move down here with my husband and my daughter, um, he was looking for someone to join and, and continue to practice with. Well, thank you. Thank you. And we'll be talking with Brandon later. So I got to make sure to tell him thank you. <laughs> you guys are such a wonderful gift to the city of Savannah, Georgia. Um, I know this conference is happening everywhere, but I reside in Savannah, Georgia. Um, for the most part, I work in Savannah, Georgia. So I feel like a resident. <laughs> I should probably lose my residency at this point. I, I'm here so often. Um, but we thank you. Thank you so much. Every time we work with you all, um, every time we're any type, in, type, in any type of meeting, you guys always bring such great insight. I really appreciate your input and your energy. So thank you. So firstly, I'd like to ask you, what is HIV slash AIDS? What's the difference between the two? How are they similar? How do they correlate? You know, let's talk about that. Sure. So the, the very basics of um, HIV. So HIV is a virus. Um, and when you get infected with this virus, it infects like a certain type of white blood cell and white blood cells are used to fight infections. Uh, and because that happens, if your body gets damaged enough, like your white blood cells aren't working very well because you've had HIV for a period of time, you can start getting infections other people won't get. Um, and that actually eventually what hurts the person. So it's not directly HIV, it's HIV hurting your immune system so much that you can get other infections again. Mm. Uh, the thing about I feel like HIV AIDS, those terms, it's very indicative of um, where we are now and where we used to be. So mm -hmm. before there were medications, people would get sick and they would develop AIDS. And that means they, their immune system was damaged so much that they started to get those infections. We used to always say AIDS because we didn't have medications to fight the virus. We focused on people getting really sick. And now the great news is most people don't get really sick at all. It's actually very easy to control HIV. Um, and so I feel like the terminology is wonderful because it went from AIDS and then some people still say HIV AIDS, but it really just should be HIV. Um, age is, AIDS is just like, um, it's a secondary term that hopefully is not necessary at all. Yes, um, it's funny, uh, I went to visit my family my parents and my dad and I were in the car, we were somewhere and I had on one of my 
work shirt. I previously worked with the Coastal Health District here in Savannah, Georgia. Um, no longer with them, but I love their team. So you'll see quite a few of them speaking throughout this conference. Uh, but I was wearing one of our um, event t-shirts and he was like, I want one of those. Because um, I love to support the work that you do as well as the life that you live, um, being someone who is living successfully with AIDS. And I was like, have we not had this talk? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So I was able to sit down with him and break down the difference between HIV the virus and AIDS the condition. Yes. And at 50, how old is my father now? I turned 33 this year, so my dad is 59. Yes, he turns 59 this year. Um, at 59, I watched the light bulb come on his head. It was like the lights, and he was like, oh. And my, my, my physician had sat him down and had a full full conversation with him and uh, my mother and my siblings, you know, so they could ask any questions they needed to ask and things of that nature. But this time as I was talking to him, he heard me. Um, and it was like, oh, so you're not sick. It's like, no, <laughs> I'm probably more healthy than most of the people around me. <laughs> it's probably true. You know, my numbers are excellent. I'm undetectable. I have been since January, 2014. I plan on remaining that way, you know, I'm on top of my stuff, you know. <laughs> he was like, oh, it was like a breath of fresh air and a load was released from him. It seemed like he'd probably been carrying this load since he first found out that I was positive. This entire time, I didn't realize it because we had the conversation, but he had to walk through his process. So he was thinking I was sick all this time. You know, so I was so glad to break down the difference between the two. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully AIDS becomes a term that we never have to use again, Yeah. ever. Um, with that, do you believe that we can really win and make AIDS something that we never have to talk about again and eventually HIV something that is a thing of the past? Absolutely. And I mean, the reason I can say it with, with that like conviction is the fact that, you know, back in the day, like I said, during training, um, people were dying all the time. It had such social stigma in some ways. It still, still does a little bit, but, um, you know, but I feel like out of darkness like that, there's always hope. And, you know, hope eventually came in the form of medications that were very effective. And now we're up to the point where, like I said, you can prevent HIV really well, you can um, control HIV very well. And the biggest thing is really just making sure that, you know, the medical community and patients are aware of the opportunity. And so as, as long as you do that, um, that's kind of the key. So the biggest thing is if you're diagnosed with HIV, you want to get that person in care. So when I worked in DC at the medical center I was at, we formed a program called Red Carpet Entry. Mm -hmm. So if someone was diagnosed with, with HIV, it could be on a mobile testing van, um, it could be in the health center, it could be in the ER um, at one of the local hospitals. We got people in um, that same day um, to start care. So they met their medical provider, they met their nurse, their whole care team. And they started medications and they remained in care. And so as long as we focus on the parts that aren't ideal yet, we can totally take care of this. Awesome, awesome. And I love how you gave some ex specific examples of how we can shift things in the medical community um, and in the public health field to streamline and to kind of make express kind of, um, or make normal the express care. And express entry into care. 
of patients to kind of, because I've noticed the longer you wait to get someone into care, the less likely they're going to remain in care. Yeah, so we, we, we found right then, we build that connection with them, we open the floor and we make them comfortable immediately, they're more likely to stay in care. Um, so I love that idea, I love those examples. Uh, with that being said, how can we speak to the regular uh, community member, the regular individual who may not be positive, um, they may not be an active HIV um, prevention advocate or an HIV care advocate, but they are looking to learn, they're looking to um, benefit the community, they're looking to get involved. How can the regular neighborhood individual work to prevent HIV from spreading and to work towards the end of this virus? Yeah, um, it's, it's all about open conversation like you talked about earlier. So someone who becomes aware of it, who's in a community and they just happen to bring that up as part of like any health conversation. So, mm -hmm. you know, diabetes comes up at, you know, Thanksgiving dinner because everyone's eating like pounds and pounds of food. <laughs> it's kind of the, the same thing, you know, HIV should be a topic that randomly occurs. And as long as people become educated person by person, that's the way things will change. Ah, uh, thank you. Once again, you guys have been hearing this this entire conference. Conversations. We've got to start having some open conversations. Um, and not to plug uh, a future session for this week, um, but there is one where we'll be having a kitchen table talk, um, basically like a family discussion of sorts, where we will be having an open conversation surrounding what it takes to build a community and to enlighten and empower and educate our communities, not just surrounding HIV, but surrounding mental health and care and wellness. What is that gonna take? So you wanna make sure you tune into that. That's later this week that we're gonna stick here for a moment. Dr. Raymond Martins, I appreciate so much your time and your patience as we got set up for this. Um, <laughs> you guys, we logged on two or three times, <laughs> but I thank you so much. You have been a, a joy to, to have this talk with. Um, I do have one question that I want to ask you. We've been asking all of our session participants this. This is something that I deserve likes to ask everybody. Yep. When you hear the phrase, I dream, I speak, and I receive victory. What comes to mind? So a lot of times dreams come out of um, like times of hardship mm. and um, or times of darkness. So having that hope and that initial dream, that in and of itself doesn't necessarily get you out of it. But if you speak your truth, you know, eventually you will have victory and you'll kind of come out of it. So that's what I think of when you say it. Thank you so much. If you want to get more information on Starling Family Practice, it's very simple. I want to leave that to Dr. Martins to give you that information. Sure. Um, probably the easiest way is, one, is you can obviously just Google it. It works really well right now. <laughs> right. But if you just go to um, starlandfp.com, that's starlandfp.com, there's actually a communication tool right on the front page where you can either talk to us, ask us directly a question, become a patient. Um, so we try to make it as easy as possible. We've enjoyed having you with us. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dr. Martins. You all have a wonderful day. You too. I'll see you.
Wasn't that an amazing conversation? Shout out to Dr. Raymond Martins and the entire team over at the Starlin Family Practice uh, Medical Office in Savannah, Georgia. We are so grateful to them and all of our many community members throughout the country who are doing their part to end the HIV epidemic one person at a time, one conversation at a time. So here's our charge to you. At your next family gathering or your next family dinner or uh, your next moment with friends, maybe it's a girl's night out or you and the boys are hanging out. I don't know. But the next time you get together with your loved ones, inquire about your neighbor's sexual health. When was the last time they were tested? Have they decided on when the, the next time will be? Let's talk. Let's have those conversations. Open and honest conversations are our best defense. They're our best defense. So let's get to talking. Remember, as always, to dream, speak, and receive victory. See you guys next week.